Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Athopoulos, the Statman, on a Saturday morning, the 31st of December, 2016, the last day of the year. It is 10 a.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take you through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there, everybody. An early Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Eve to all of you as we are finishing up the year 2016 with our final show of the year. And glad you could be with us on a uh, on a Saturday morning, the day before the final day of the NFL regular season. If it is your fantasy final, good luck to you. You've made it this far. And it has been a crazy season, as every season always is. It never quite turns out how you expect. My team did not play well at all. I was uh, five, eight, and one in my um, in my regular season in our house league, the United Gridiron Alliance, in the quest for uh, the uh, uh, what we call our UGA Bowl or UGA Bowl. UGA Bowl 18 coming down this week to the Detroit Drive and the Maine Lobsters. Good luck. To both combatants, Maine was the top seed in the regular season, and Detroit the number three seed, so this will be a uh, a fun final, as in our league, out of the 12 teams, six make the playoffs. And in the loser's bracket, we have Pittsburgh and Juarez in the final, so good luck to all of them uh, this week. Meanwhile, for you, if you're still in it, or if you're just interested in what's going on in fantasy football, we have the best of week uh, weeks 15 and 16. We were not with you last week, um, and uh, thanks for hanging in there. Hope you had a great Christmas, great Hanukkah, and uh, we were off for the uh, uh, for the Christmas holiday. Uh, but the uh, but week 15 and week 16, we will go back and give you a quick recap, and then week 17, of course, our game picks. One thing that we did well this year, particularly well, was our knockout pool picks. 16 for 16 so far, and we come up to week 17 with a chance for our first perfect season uh, that we've uh, that we've ever had or that I've ever had in uh, the knockout pool. So uh, we're going to give you the pick. And, of course, we're going to pick the uh, big games and also the local games on the schedule. Tough to pick big games on the schedule. And it's always difficult the last week of the year because different teams have different things to play for. Some of them don't. Some of them want to go into the offseason on a good note. Some of them want to stay healthy for the playoffs. Others uh, really uh, will, will uh, at least try to, uh, to play close. Um, they might play guys for a series or two and then, uh, and then look to uh, play some backups. So it is, a, it is not a great week for picking games. Never has been, but we're going to give it a shot. Also, as uh, starting next week, we will expand our fantasy hockey coverage uh, in the new year, as we usually do now that uh, fantasy football will be in the rearview mirror. Uh, not quite, but mostly. And uh, we will take a look at fantasy hockey week uh, 10 going into week, I'm sorry, week 11 going into week number 12. Uh, And of course, uh, heading into the month of January, 
Uh, we also will have our Statman Awards. We are not ready to, uh, uh, to give you all the nominees, but we will do that next week. So a lot of great stuff coming up as uh, 2016 turns to 2017. And just because the fantasy football season may be over doesn't mean that we are done talking about fantasy football. In the playoffs, we are going to do our uh, uh, playoff challenge that we do every year on uh, NFL.com. And, of course, you can uh, join the fun, too, NFL.com's playoff challenge where you pick a lineup. And if you pick uh, players one week and they're still alive, you get double points the next week, triple points the week after. If they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, you get four times the points. It's a fun game to play. They talk about it on the NFL Network. So we will also take a look at that as well as, of course, picking each and every game against the spread and straight up uh, during these playoffs on the road to Super Bowl 51 coming up in Houston the first Sunday in February. That's February 5th. So that will set up what we will do in the month of January. Also, we will uh, uh, we will get to... Our blog a little more often, StatmanSportsOnline.com. We are going to have our countdown segments there. Uh, we are not going to have our midweek segments. We are going to continue that. Uh, so the only time you can hear me on BlogTalkRadio.com will be on Saturday mornings on uh, this year's show, This Week in Fantasy Sports, as we will continue on. Uh, and we are pleased to uh, to announce a return to Blog Talk Radio for uh, what will be our eighth season, because uh, tw- 2009 is when we started in April 2009. This is episode number 714. Next one will be uh, um, uh, the uh, the Hank Aaron home run in 1974, uh, episode number 715. That will be uh, next Saturday. But we will continue on on Blog Talk Radio uh, purely in a fantasy sense for our This Week in Fantasy Sports segment. We'll have our countdown segment by blog on StatmanSportsOnline.com, and we will introduce a new gaming segment on, uh, we will try to do it on Twitch and or YouTube, not quite sure, but we will record a, uh, uh, a video blog for our gaming segments that we will do using Out of the Park Baseball and also Franchise Hockey Manager, uh, great games from Out of the Park Developments. You, you can go to ootpdevelopments.com to find out about both of those games, Out of the Park Baseball 17 and Franchise Hockey Manager 3, both available for purchase right now. So uh, all of that coming up in the new year. But for now, let's uh, jump right into our weekly best in Week 15 and Week 16 in the National Football League. First, let's take a look at Week 15. It was a big week in uh, fantasy football for the playoffs, but for uh, for all of uh, uh, the NFL, uh, the best player in football was Drew Brees, 44 fantasy points, 37 of 48, 389 yards with four touchdowns and no interceptions. He was the best quarterback, but the best player overall. A guy who ended up getting about half of that production was Brandon Cooks, and he was the best non-quarterback. Seven catches on eight targets for 186 yards and two touchdowns in that game at Arizona. He had 38 fantasy points. Matt Moore, probably the most unlikely hero in Week 15, subbing for an injured Ryan Tannehill, uh, beat up the Jets, four touchdowns, one interception, was only 12 of 18, but 18 attempts and 236 yards. That is a uh, a great number. Uh, that's about 13 yards per attempt. Usually you're looking for eight. If you can get to eight yards per attempt, you're doing good. You're doing well. And Moore was up around 13. He had 35 fantasy points for the week. Devontae Freeman was number four on the list, running back for Atlanta, 20 rushes for 139 yards. Ty Montgomery, 
And that has been an interesting story this year. Ty Montgomery is listed as, as a wide receiver. And in our house league, I don't know if your scoring rules are the same, but in our house league, if a wide receiver scores a rushing touchdown, he gets a couple of extra points. Uh, and, of course, uh, a couple of extra points at each distance. So a four-point touchdown of zero to nine yards for a, for a regular running back, if a wide receiver scores one from that distance, it would be six points. And so on, up, up the list. Uh, so Ty Montgomery had a great day for a running back, and he's listed as a wide receiver, so that gave him a little extra. 16 rushes for 162 yards, two touchdowns. He had 33 fantasy points. Even though he's listed as a wide receiver, he was, a, he was the main running back for Green Bay in Week 15. So looking at all of that, uh, let's give you the superlatives in terms of the passers. There were five 300-yard passers in Week 15, led by Drew Brees in his 389 yards. Even though it was in a loss, that is his ninth 300-yard game of the year. Kirk Cousins threw for 315. That was his seventh, and that was in a victory uh, for uh, for Washington on Monday night against Carolina in Week 15. Uh, Carson Palmer, his sixth of the year, 318 in the win against New Orleans, and both quarterbacks surpassing 300 there. 362 for Matt Barkley for Chicago and their unlikely victory against the Packers. And Cam Newton threw for an even 300. It was his third of the year in that loss to Washington. So out of the five passers, four of them went against each other so uh, three and two were the, uh, uh, were the uh, 300-yard quarterbacks. Uh, in terms of uh, 100-yard rushers, let's take a quick look. There were only uh, seven of them. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott with his second straight 100-yard game in Week 15, 159-yard um, game for him. That was his seventh of the year. Uh, also, LaShawn McCoy had 153 yards. That was his sixth 100-yard game of the season. For the others, they were either their first or second of the year. Devontae Freeman, as great a season as he had last year, this is only his second 100-yard day of the year in Week 15 with 139 yards. Uh, Ryan Matthews, his 128, that was his second of the year. Frank Gore with his 101, his second of the year. And for Ty Montgomery and Jonathan Stewart, their first 100-yard games of the entire season. For Montgomery, 162 yards. Stewart, 132. And those are your 100-yard rushers. For your 100-yard receivers, let's take a look at the uh, at the 100-yard receivers that made the list this week. And they were um, there were actually 10 of them. Not that many. Not as many as you would normally expect in a given week. Uh, but uh, only uh, only 10 of them. And they were four and six combined uh, for the week. We talked about Cooks and his 186. That led all receivers in terms of yardage. That was his third 100-yard game of the season. A couple that are on two-game streaks of 100 yards or more, Deshaun Jackson and Jarvis Landry, each had over 100 yards. And for both of them, it's their fourth of the year, second in a row. Uh, fourth of the year also for Jordan, Jordy Nelson and his 124 yards. Golden Tate had 122 and a win for Detroit. That was his third of the year. Uh, and uh, uh, also uh, for Richard Matthews of Tennessee, 105 yards, his second of the year. First of the year for Tyler Lockett, Aldrick Robinson of Atlanta, and Deontay Thompson of Chicago. Uh, so that is, uh, that is how things looked in week number 15. Uh, now, uh, of course, we, uh, uh, we, we didn't talk too much about, uh, about the kicking, obviously, but one kicker stood above them all in Week 15. Chris Boswell of the Pittsburgh Steelers was 6-for-6 six six 
in field goals. What a tremendous week for him. Uh, he did not have any 50-yarders, but he had five in the 40 to 49 range, and that was why he had so many points, 29 points for him. Uh, the, uh, the next best uh, was, I believe, uh, uh, was 18 points for Sebastian Janikowski, Dan Bailey, and Nick Novak. And among defense and special teams, the Dolphins had 19 points. Patriots with 18. They face off in Week 17. Uh, but the uh, the Dolphins against the Jets, three interceptions, three sacks, fumble recovery, uh, return for a touchdown, and 13 points allowed for the Patriots in Denver. Tougher opponent, four sacks, an interception, two fumble recoveries, only three points uh, allowed to the Broncos. The Colts allowed six points uh, to the Vikings and had five sacks and an interception, two fumble recoveries. They had 15 points. Cardinals at 14, Jaguars at 13. That rounds out the top five for the defense. All right, now let's uh, jump into week 16 as uh, the best of the week. Russell Wilson, 44 fantasy points. He was 29 to 45 for 350 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. He did lose a fumble, but his 44 points were the best around. Uh, the best non-quarterback, Jay Ajayi and Adam Thielen, were tied at 34 fantasy points. Ajayi for Miami in Buffalo, 32 rushes for 206 yards, another 200-yard game for Jay Ajayi. That is his third of the year. Uh, also, Adam Thielen, 15 targets, 12 catches for 202 yards and two touchdowns. So a couple of 200-yard games, 34 points for each of them. And those were the best non-quarterback performances uh, of Week 16. For the quarterbacks, it was Wilson, Aaron Rodgers at 42 points, Tyrod Taylor at 37 in the final game of Rex Ryan as, managed, as, as head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Sam Bradford at 32 points. Colin Kaepernick also at 32 points. Those were the best quarterbacks. Uh, we told you about the best running back. It was Ajayi with his 34 points. Le'Veon Bell was second with 28 points. He had 122 yards on 20 carries. LaShawn McCoy, another 100-yard game for him, 128, 24 points for him. David Johnson did not rush for 100 yards. He had 28 carries, though, 95 yards, but he did have three touchdowns, four catches for 41. He did lose a fumble, but he had 24 points tied for third with LaShawn McCoy among running backs. Tevin Coleman and Ezekiel Elliott rounded out the top five, tying for fifth. Coleman, nine for 90 in a score, five catches, or I'm sorry, three catches for 45 yards. Ezekiel Elliott had 12 rushes for 80 and two scores, uh, one catch for 12. And uh, uh, as uh, uh, Dallas doubled up Detroit on Monday night, uh, 42-21 in Week 16. Uh, wide receivers... Let's take a look quickly at points. Thielen, 34, but Des Bryant at 31 points. He had uh, four catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. However, he also threw a 10-yard touchdown pass. So that gave him 31 points on the week. Doug Baldwin for Seattle, 27 fantasy points, 13 catches for 171 and a touchdown. Uh, Jordy Nelson, 9 for 154 and two scores. He had 25 points. And Brandon LaFell of Cincinnati, 23 points, tied with Sammy Watkins of Buffalo and J.J. Nelson of Arizona. So three-way tie for fifth place. Um, with Watkins, he had seven for 154 and a touchdown. LaFell, six for 130 and a score. J.J. Nelson, three for 132 and a touchdown. So if you're going for average, um, average yards per catch, it's Nelson. Overall yardage, it's Watkins. Uh, and catches its Watkins. Let's give Watkins the fifth spot. LaFell and Nelson get the honorable mention. For tight ends, Travis Kelsey had a tremendous game for the Kansas City Chiefs. 11 catches on 12 targets, 160 yards, and a touchdown, including an 80-yarder. He had 31 uh, fantasy points. A great week for Kelsey. Charles Clay at 20. 
22 points. He was in second place. Antonio Gates third with 17. Jimmy Graham and Eric Ebron tied for second, or tied for fifth, I should say, with 13 fantasy points. Ebron eight for 93. And uh, Graham, two for 43, and a touchdown there. Uh, Eight catches each for Clay and Gates. Two touchdowns, by the way, for Clay. So a great week for Tyrod Taylor, finding Clay twice, and Sammy Watkins having a very productive week uh, for the Bills, even though they lost in overtime to those Miami Dolphins and Jay Ajayi and his 200-yard game. For kickers, Matt Bryant, 23 fantasy points. Jason Myers, 22 uh, they were the uh, they, they were the top two kickers of the week. Bryant four for five, a 51 yarder. That was his long three extra points. Jason Myers four for four and 56 yards was his long for Jacksonville in the game against Tennessee. Uh, Tucker was third. Ju- Justin Tucker, that is, of the Baltimore Ravens. He was uh, a perfect four for four. I believe he's only missed one kick all year long, and that was blocked. Uh, 18 points for him. Robbie Gold of the Giants four for four and an extra point. He had 17 points. Chandler Catanzaro 14. Uh, tied with Will Lutz and Graham Gano. Uh, Catanzaro was the only one to miss a field goal out of the three, so we will give it to Gano, who had the longest average field goal kicks. Uh, and Catanzaro and Lutz will get honorable mentions. For defense and special teams, the Redskins were first at 20 fantasy points, five better than the Patriots, uh, and six better than the Eagles and Jags, tied for third at 14 points. The Redskins uh, had five interceptions of Matt Barkley, a sack, and allowed 21 points to the Bears. Uh, the Patriots, with three interceptions, two sacks, a fumble recovery, and only allowed three points to the Jets. Jets have had a terrible uh, season, 4-11 and 11 this year. And the Eagles and Jags, with uh, good weeks, uh, three interceptions for the Eagles and three sacks for the Jaguars. Those were the highlights. In fifth place, the Falcons at 12 points. So that is your look at Week uh, 16. I do want to give you the superlatives as well for uh, for Week 16 around uh, uh, the National Football League, and uh, we will do that by looking at uh, uh, the 300-yard passers in uh, in Week 16, and there were a grand total of eight of them. Eight, uh, eight 300-yard passers. Matt Barkley, the only one on a streak, 323 yards, his second straight 300-yard game. You remember, Matt Barkley was an afterthought. He's the third quarterback to start for Chicago after Jay Cutler and Brian Hoyer. Barkley, the, uh, 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 the young player, actually not so young anymore, uh, has come in and done a pretty good job, even though uh, Chicago's season was long gone when he took over. It is his third 300-yard game of the season. He's only started a few games. Uh, Philip Rivers, his 322-yard game, his sixth 300-yard game of the season. Aaron Rodgers had his fifth after throwing for 347 in a loss against Minnesota. Rivers was in a win against Cleveland. Uh, Russell Wilson threw for 350, and that was only his three, uh, third 300-yard game of the year. Sam Bradford had the high number with 382 yards passing. That was only his second 300-yard game of the year. Blake Bortles, Eli Manning with their fourth 300-yard games of the season this past week, and a first for Tyrod Taylor with his 329. Uh, that is a look at the uh, uh, at the quarterbacks out of the uh, the eight 300-yard uh, quarterbacks. Only Bortles and Rogers lost, so six and two for the 300-yard guys. Onto the 100-yard rushers, there were only four of them, uh, but one of them was a 200-yard game, and that was Jay Ajayi with 206, and uh, that is his third 200-yard game of the year fourth 100-yard game. So when he goes, he goes for big numbers. LaShawn McCoy, his second straight 100-yard game, his seventh 100-yard game of the year. He ran for 128. 
uh, uh, for the week. Le'Veon Bell was at 122. That's his sixth 100-yard game of the year. Jordan Howard of Chicago. Jeremy Langford was the top back when the season started. Howard has come on his sixth 100-yard game of the year uh, for the Bears. On to the 100-yard receivers this week. Uh, there were quite a few of them. There were there were a total of 12, and Deshaun Jackson had his third straight 100-yard game, his fifth of the season, when he caught uh, uh, for 114 yards, second straight week uh, above the century mark for Cameron Meredith and his 135 yards, and Jordy Nelson with his 154, fifth 100-yard game of the year for uh, Nelson, and his two touchdowns gave him multiple touchdowns in three straight games. Uh, a good week for Jordy Nelson and the Packers, or actually Jordy Nelson in Week 16. The Packers, not so much. They ended up losing the game, but not because of Jordy Nelson. Um, the 12 receivers were a total of seven and five in their 100-yard games. That was their win-loss record for the for the uh, uh, for the games that they played. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the tight end on this list, his sixth 100-yard game. Uh, with 160 yards uh, receiving, the only non-receiver, non-wide receiver on this list. Sixth 100-yard game for T.Y. Hilton at 105. Fifth, for, as I mentioned, for Jackson and Nelson. Fourth for Odell Beckham in his 150. Uh, Cameron Meredith had 135, his second week in a row, fourth of the year. And uh, Adam Thielen with his 202, as we mentioned, his third 100-yard game of the season. Doug Baldwin, his third as well. Uh, so that is uh, a look at the uh, uh, at the best of week number 16, and we can move on now to the injuries heading into the final week of the year, and players who uh, who may be out, uh, and and recent ones who are placed on IR to finish the year, and obviously this um, uh, this may have a um, a definite. Uh, you know, affect your lineup heading into the final week. Uh, Torrey Smith for uh, the Niners out with a concussion. He is on IR and done for the year. Also done for the year, Tyler Eifert with a back injury. He's owned in 87% of CBSSports.com leagues. TJ Yeldon, very disappointing season, uh, and he is out with an ankle injury done for the year. Uh, Kenneth Farrow for San Diego. He was a hot pickup a couple of weeks ago because Melvin Gordon has been out, and he's still out. And Farrow's on IR with a shoulder injury. Ryan Matthews put on IR with a back injury for the Eagles. Marcus Mariota, lower leg injury. He's done for the year. Tyler Lockett, leg injury. He's done for the year. Carlos Hyde, an MCL injury. He's done for the year as well. Cameron Braid, a back injury. Had a breakout year for uh, uh, for Tampa Bay, but he is done for the year. Uh, Charles Sims, pectoral issue. He's gone for the year. Uh, speaking of the running back situation for Tampa, Doug Martin has been suspended for four games because of uh, PED use. Uh, also, uh, Matt Forte put on uh, IR yesterday with a knee injury, and uh, Bilal Powell is questionable with a knee this week, but he uh, will look to pick up the carries. Um, and uh, finally, Devin Funches with a knee injury. He is gone for the year for Carolina. So those are all IR um, uh, guys who are on IR for uh, recently placed on there in the last couple of weeks. On to the players who are out for this week. Tyler Gabriel has been ruled out with a foot injury for Atlanta. Adrian Peterson out with a knee injury for Minnesota. Lamar Miller has been ruled out for Houston with an ankle injury. Uh, concussions for James Starks of Green Bay and Ladarius Green, the tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Melvin Gordon, as I mentioned, ruled out with a hip injury. Theo Riddick with a wrist injury. He's out. A.J. Green continues to be out with a hamstring injury. As much as they said they were hoping he would come back, he has uh, not played since week number 11 
when he suffered his uh, uh, his slight tear uh, of his uh, uh, of his I believe it was his ACL. Uh, even though they never put him on IR, I figured because the season was pretty much out of reach for Cincinnati, he wasn't going to play again. And sure enough, he has been ruled out in week number 17, so he has not played since he suffered that injury. Ryan Tannehill, knee injury, he is out. Uh, C.J. Proceis, uh out with a shoulder injury, was thought to be out for the rest of the regular season anyway. Derek Carr, lower leg injury, he will be out. He hasn't been officially placed on IR, but he is done. Uh, he may be able to return if the Raiders make the Super Bowl. That is the, uh, that is the possibility for Derek Carr, as that was uh, sad to see Carr go down. He has had such a great season. You want to talk about a breakout year? Yes, he had a good season last year, uh, but the Raiders themselves have had a breakout year as they still have an outside chance. They need the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins, and then the Raiders need to take care of business in their game in order for the, uh, uh, for the Raiders to get the number one seed, as crazy as that is. Um, and they will, uh, they will play – uh, this week, uh, the Broncos in Denver. So they have a tough task anyway. Um, but it is possible that the Raiders could get the number one seed on the last day of the season. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, those are the players who are, uh, who are out for this game in terms of players who are doubtful. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell for New England, knee injury, doubtful for him. Stephon Diggs for Minnesota, doubtful with a hip injury. Uh, Dante Moncrief and Kenny Britt are doubtful with, so, uh, with shoulder injuries. Uh, those are the uh, players who are, are doubtful. In terms of questionables, uh, let's give you a quick rundown here uh, for uh, by position coming into the final game of the year. Um, the questionables, Cam Newton and Tom Brady, are the only ones of consequence on the list. Newton with a shoulder, Brady with a thigh. And uh, with, with Newton's situation, the Panthers will not make the playoffs, but they can play spoiler to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the Bucs need wins and need a win and a lot of help. Carolina can stop that in its tracks if they can beat Tampa Bay. Uh, of course, the defending NFC champions uh, with, a, with a bad season, a bad start could not uh, get back into it. And uh, Newton can at least give them something positive to look at uh, going into next year's. For Tom Brady, really not a lot on the line. They know they have a bye week, but they want home field throughout the playoffs, and they're going to have to beat the, uh, uh, the Dolphins to secure that. But if they get out to a big lead, uh, Brady will probably sit for some of it. But, you know, the Patriots have never been one to pull their players uh, heading into, uh, you know, with, uh, with the final week. So uh, expect Brady to play. He's questionable. He's usually questionable. Um, but I would say uh, expect Newton to play, too. I don't see him uh, missing time. Questionables for running backs. Um, Bilal Powell with a knee. Jeremy Hill also uh, with a knee injury. Uh, Jonathan Stewart questionable with a foot injury. Spencer Ware questionable with a rib injury. Uh, Rob Kelly questionable for the Redskins with a knee injury against the Giants. Jay Ajayi has an AC joint sprain. He will be questionable. Uh, for the Dolphins against the Patriots. Also, Chris Ivory, questionable with a hamstring, and Duke Johnson, questionable with an ankle injury. For wide receivers on the questionable list, uh, we have um, uh, several players, including Amari Cooper with a shoulder injury, Michael Crabtree, his uh, opposite, uh, his, his fellow uh, receiver uh, starter for the Raiders, questionable with an ankle injury as well. Sammy Watkins for Buffalo has had a, an injury-marred season. Questionable with a foot injury. Jordan Matthews for Philadelphia, questionable with an ankle. Randall Cobb with Green Bay, questionable also 
with an ankle. Hamstring injury potentially for Alan Hearns may keep him from Week 17. Brandon Marshall for the Jets, a hip injury, questionable for him as well. John Brown for Arizona, questionable with, uh, um, uh, with an illness. Uh, his uh, sickle cell illness is a week-to-week uh, situation for the Arizona Cardinals. And Marquise Lee, hip injury in deep leagues, he is, um, he is questionable as well. Uh, in terms of uh, tight ends, let's take a look quickly at the tight end injury situation. Uh, and uh, for uh, questionable, in terms of questionable, Martellus Bennett, Greg Olson, and Jordan Reed, as well as Charles Clay. Those are your four tight ends who are questionable. Bennett has an ankle. Reed with an AC joint sprain. Olson has an elbow issue, and Clay with a knee issue as he had a solid week last week. Uh, but uh, we mentioned how Brait and Eifert uh, have been recently put on IR. Add to that. Gronkowski, Thomas, McDonald. Uh, it's been a tough year for uh, for tight ends health-wise uh, this year. Going into the hot pickups, if you are able to pick up a um, a player at this point, Adam Thielen coming off a 200-yard receiving day would be your medium-sized ad for wide receivers. Also, running backs. You know, you're looking at players who don't have a lot to teams that don't have a lot to play for. Uh, you can never say that Pittsburgh doesn't have a lot to play for when they play Cleveland. I don't care if they're playing marbles. They they want to beat each other, but Fitzgerald Toussaint, uh, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he will probably get some time to spell Le'Veon Bell and keep him fresh for the playoffs. He's available in all leagues. Uh, Jacquez Rogers for Tampa Bay will look to be the main running back because Martin has been suspended, Sims on IR, and Rogers may end the season uh, in a big way because Tampa Bay, as I said, needs the win against Carolina and also a ton of help. But Rogers will be used quite a bit and available in medium-sized leagues. Uh, also, uh, D'Angelo Williams has a clean bill of health. So besides Toussaint, who may get some goal line carries, Williams has always been dependable if Bell does not play. And he is he is possibly going to be inactive for this game in Week 17. So check your lineups. Also check Antonio Brown. If, if he is also, uh, he may be a game-time decision just from a coach's decision to keep him healthy for the playoffs. By the way, the live feed about to cut out our next episode Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time in the new year. Uh, thank you for the uh, for listening in on the live feed. Now onto our podcast-only version, 15 minutes remaining on the show. We still have our game picks to get through and our knockout pool pick and also fantasy hockey to get to. So stay tuned for all of that. We just gave you a couple of, uh, uh, of hot pickups for uh, week number 17. A couple of uh, uh, fantasy genius questions uh, on NFL.com. Who to start, Bilal Powell, against the Buffalo Bills, or Todd Gurley against the Arizona Cardinals. I would go with Powell just because of Forte being land, uh, landing on IR. Uh, the quarterback situation has been awful for the Jets all year long. Powell has shown that he can get in there. The question is, he is questionable with a knee injury. Uh, Gurley has had a bad season, as have the Rams. Uh, and with Jared Goff as the quarterback, uh, they are stacking the line to try and stop Gurley, and the Arizona Cardinals defense has been has been showing up most weeks. Um, and I think Powell will have the better game. I don't think either one is a great start, though. Uh, wide receivers: Golden Tate against the Green Bay Packers or Tyreek Hill at San Diego. Uh, I like Hill, and I like what he can do, um, not only receiving the ball but also the occasional run. And uh, I, I don't see a good week for uh, for Detroit, and uh, I don't, I don't want to hint at the game picks, but um, I think Hill will have a better week uh, than Tate. So that is that is my uh, that is my pick there. Uh, 
Uh, quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford against Green Bay or Kirk Cousins against the Giants. Cousins has had a, uh, a good season, and so has Stafford. I mean, people were talking about maybe three-quarters of the way through the season. They were starting to whisper about Stafford uh, making a run at the MVP award. Uh, he, he probably won't get it at this point, but still Stafford has a chance to have a big game against Green Bay, and if he does, win the NFC North. Both teams most likely will make the playoffs unless something crazy happens, and that crazy thing would be if Washington beats the Giants, and then Stafford would have to uh, beat the Packers or at least tie in order for both teams, uh, both teams in, in the NFC North to make the playoffs, uh, and that would uh, take the Redskins out. But the Redskins need a win and a decision, one way or the other, between the Packers and the uh, – um, or they basically need the, uh, uh, one of the teams to win. And if they both tie, then, then the Redskins would be out. Uh, I think uh, because of the Giants' stiffening defense, I do think that Stafford will have the better week than Cousins. Uh, I think it's going to be a, uh, a wild day. Um, but I think they're both good starts. I, I will say that. I think they're both very good starts. You could do a lot worse than Stafford or Cousins. They both have something to play for. Uh, that's better than, I would say, Roethlisberger, for instance. Um, but I'm going to pick Stafford. I just don't think he's necessarily going to go to Tate uh, as, as often. Um, now, in terms of uh, Cousins versus Wilson, I would go with Cousins. So that tells you something that I, I, think, I think both of them are, are very solid starts. Uh, and do we have a... Uh, uh, a tight end on the list. We do have a defense. Bills defense at the Giants or Patriots defense at Miami. I would go with the Bills defense against the Giants. Or, I'm sorry, Bills against the Jets. I would go with the Bills against the Jets just because the Jets offense has been absolutely horrible. I think Miami will give the Patriots a game. Um, and uh, let's see, do we have a uh, a tight end uh, uh, comparison to, to make? Um, I, I don't see one here. I usually like to have... Uh, uh, a, uh, a pick of, of one versus the other, uh, but we don't see that, so we'll try and get to it if um, if we can get the blog going this uh, this week. Uh, so that is our fantasy genius. On to our game picks. We're going to pick the four local games and three big ones on the schedule. We're going to start with the Jets. Uh, they host the Bills. Jets have had a terrible season, four and eleven, and in only Todd Bowles' second season, they are talking about him potentially losing his job. I think it's going to be too early for that. Uh, he'll get another chance, but at 4-11, uh, the dice was loaded from the start, really, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick not signing until camp. And uh, the fact that the Jets couldn't get anyone better, uh, Bryce Petty showed some flashes, but really didn't show all that much. Um, they, they really don't have, and then, of course, Geno Smith. I, I think that uh, that saga is now over in New York. Um, it's been a terrible year at the quarterback position. And to win in this league, you need a good quarterback, and the Jets do not have one at this at this moment. Um, they are actually giving three and a half points to the Buffalo Bills, who just fired their coach. That tells you something about the Jets' season. I do think, however, in typical Jets fashion, they will hurt their draft position by beating the Bills in a meaningless game in Week 17. So I'm going to pick the Jets to actually win because they're at home, plus three and a half in game number one. Game two, the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Eagles are six and nine. They started off hot. Uh, they have lost nine of their last 12. They are favored in this one against the Cowboys because the Cowboys have, uh, have already clinched the number one seed. They have nothing to play for. Dak Prescott may not play the whole game, may not play much of it at all. Tony Romo is supposed to get some reps uh, in the game. Uh, Philadelphia favored by two and a half. Ryan Matthews on IR. 
but it has been uh, a, a growing season for uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles, and uh, and and of course uh, Doug Peterson, the coach. So I'm going to say that the Eagles will win this one because the game really doesn't matter all that much. The Cowboys 13 and two on the season. I think they'll finish 13 and three and still have the top spot. Eagles minus two and a half in game number two. Game number three, New England at Miami. Miami favored by nine and a half points. Brady questionable, but when isn't he questionable? I think the Patriots will will get up early, and I think the Dolphins will try and come back late. Uh, so I think the I think there'll be a backdoor cover. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins plus nine and a half in game number three. In uh, game number four, that will be the Giants and the Washington Redskins at uh, 4:25 on Fox. The other games are on one o'clock. Um, and I think the Giants uh, may not have a lot to play for. Uh, I still think that they will uh, at least cover against the Redskins, plus seven and a half. Uh, I, think, I think the Redskins will win. They have more on the line. They need to win uh, in order to be up for a, a potential number six seed. The Giants are locked into number five. And uh, I think they will lose, but I think they will lose close. So I'm going to pick the Giants plus seven and a half in local game number four. Three big games Monday, or not Monday night, Sunday night, tomorrow night, the final game on the schedule, game number 256, Packers at Lions. This one will decide the NFC North. The loser will still make it if the Giants can beat uh, the Redskins. Uh, the Packers uh, are favored on the road, minus three and a half. The way the Lions have been playing um, against against Dallas, I mean, they they had they had the winning streak, then they lost to Dallas. It was a tough one, uh, but they were outclassed early. I think the momentum will um, will help the Packers. Packers have been playing better as well. Both teams are nine and six going into this one. I think the Packers win it on the road, minus three and a half. Uh, I think Stafford will play well, but I think Rodgers will play better, and the uh, uh, the Packers have have woken up, and I think they will uh, they will win it and they will win the division, and get the uh, uh, I believe that would be the fourth seed I think uh, I believe uh, with Dallas getting the one uh, I think Atlanta has the has the two or at least has the inside track on the two uh, with Seattle. Uh, on the outside looking in, still possibly with a potential uh, bye week if Atlanta uh, loses to the Saints and Seattle can beat San Francisco. Uh, the Packers would be the uh, the four seed, and they would play the Giants, um, in, in, who are locked into five. And uh, the six would be between uh, the loser of that uh, Packers-Lions game and um, – uh, and the Redskins, so that would be kind of who who uh, may come in. In terms of the AFC, they're locked in. The uh, uh, the seven, or I'm, I'm sorry, the top six teams are all locked in, and they've all made the playoffs. Uh, Patriots have the one. Raiders can get the one if the Patriots lose and they win. Otherwise, they get the they get the two. Uh, the Steelers and Texans, the other divisional winners, would get three and four. Uh, Steelers control their own destiny there. And in terms of the wild card, you're looking at the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins can still move up to five if they beat the Patriots and get some help. The Chiefs uh, would fall to six if they lose to San Diego. And uh, um, that's it. It's just jockeying for position in both conferences. Uh, but uh, I think the Packers will win minus three and a half in big game number one. Big game number two, uh, the uh, let, let's, let's talk about the uh, Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just because Tampa Bay has an outside shot, 
they actually there are two NFC teams still alive on the outside looking in, Washington and Tampa, but Tampa needs a lot of help. They need, I think, four teams to win, uh, and, and not including their own, uh, the, the Buccaneers. They need to beat the Panthers. I think the dream stops here. I think the Panthers will play spoiler and beat the Bucks. They are uh, getting six and a half points, so I'm going to pick the Panthers to cover. That's all I have to do, but I think the Panthers will win it outright. The third and final game, Oakland at Denver. As I mentioned, if New England somehow loses in the 1 o'clock game, this game becomes extremely important. Uh, with Oakland at 12-3, and three, Denver trying to play spoiler at 8-7. and seven. They are favored by one and a half at home, but I think Oakland uh, will, um, uh, will win the game outright in Denver and go on to uh, to playoffs um, with uh, basically uh, trying to somehow make it work without Derek Carr. It's going to be difficult, but the uh, the Broncos trying to play spoiler, but they only had three points against the uh, uh, against the Patriots last week. They're in a bad way right now, so I'm going to pick Oakland plus one and a half. So once again, in terms of the local games, Jets plus three and a half against Buffalo. Uh, the Eagles minus two and a half against the Cowboys at home, the Dolphins plus nine and a half at home against the New England Patriots, and uh, the Giants plus seven and a half on the road in Washington. For the big games, Green Bay minus three and a half in Detroit, uh, also Carolina plus six and a half in Tampa, and Oakland plus one and a half in Denver. For our knockout pool pick, we are 15, 16 out of 16 in week 15. We picked the Atlanta Falcons, who beat the Niners 41-13 to in Week 16. We picked Oakland, who held off the Colts 33-25 at home. This week, we still have uh, a couple of interesting picks. Uh, we, have, uh, we could pick Minnesota at home against Chicago. Um, that, uh, that's an okay pick. The Colts at home against the 3-12 Jaguars, that's not a bad pick either. But we are going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home and going up against the 1-14 Cleveland Browns. If Cleveland was winless, I would have steered clear of this game. But because they weren't, uh, because they won last week, and in another knockout pool, I picked, uh, I've actually picked San Diego. That was bad because uh, Cleveland, was, they wanted to win at least one this year. Uh, now that they've won one, I think the pressure's off. Then now I think Pittsburgh can uh, can win, and even though they're going to play their second strings, I still think they're going to beat the Browns. Even though it's a rivalry game, you throw the records out. I still think the Steelers are going to win, so I'm going to pick the Steelers to beat the Browns, uh, and uh, uh, that would be a complete season of knockout pool success. It's a shame there's no money on the line in it for me, but still uh, a good season for the knockout pool. Uh, we have only a couple of minutes left. I can tell you very quickly, over the last two weeks of time, Brandon Saad, and first of all, the Columbus Blue Jackets are, uh, are running away with things here. They play tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Jackets have won 14 in a row. The Wild have won 12 in a row. Uh, their 12th uh, over the, uh, what was over the Islanders uh, the other night at home. So they face off tonight in a great New Year's Eve clash. But Brandon Saad, the top forward, in all the fantasy hockey for the last two weeks, five goals, two assists, a plus six, 33 points. Michael Backlund of the Flames was second at 32 and a half points, five, three, and eight in five games. And Zach Smith of Ottawa in five games, four, three, and seven, and a plus seven. He had 31 points. He's on IR right now. Um, he was just placed on IR. Nick Felino also with 31 points. Sidney Crosby with 30. Crosby, five, four, and nine, and six games, 25 shots on goal. 
that is uh, up there among the league leaders. Uh, 27 for Jack Eichel and Patrick Kane. 25 for Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, Austin Matthews. Those are your top uh, players with shots on goal. In terms of points, Crosby tied with Nick Foligno, who had two goals and seven assists over the last two weeks. Also, the bread man, Artemi Panarin, who just signed an extension. Two goals and seven assists in seven games. He had nine points. Charlie Coyle, two, seven, and nine in six games uh, for the aforementioned hot Minnesota Wild. That is among forwards. For defensemen, uh, Jeff Petrie, Nick Holden to the Rangers, Victor Hedman. Those are your top defensemen. Petrie, 35.5 points, three goals, two assists, and a plus seven in six games. Holden, three, three, and six, and a plus four in six games. And Victor Hedman, one, six, and seven, and a plus three in six games. Petrie, 27 shots on goal for a defenseman, five better than anybody else. Tyson Barry with 22, Roman Yossi with 20. Uh, Finishing out the top five in terms of fantasy points behind Petrie, Holden, and Hedman, Justin Schultz at 33.5 points, Brent Burns, and Nikita Zayatsev of the Leafs tied for fifth at 31.5 fantasy points. And for uh, goaltenders, Frederick Anderson, far and away the best over the last two weeks, 4-1 with a shutout, a 139 goals against, a 961 save percentage for the up-and-coming Leafs in five games, 45 fantasy points. That's nine points a game. Sergei Bobrovsky for the red-hot, white-hot, Columbus Blue Jackets, 5-0, and a clean sheet in the last five games, 2.2 goals against, 929 save percentage, 32.6 fantasy points. Cam Talbot, the former Ranger, 30.6 fantasy points, 4-0 and for Edmonton in his last five games. One-